Welcome back, listeners. Uh, another week, another imposter. We are uh, super excited to bring you another one of our phenomenal co-workers this week, Sabrina Wong, who is a product manager and also a life coach and Reiki practitioner. So you're going to want to stay tuned for all of the wisdom bombs that we're going to be dropping in this episode. Yeah. Bombs were dropped. Minds were blown. Everyone loved it. You got to tune in. But before that, um, Monica, you know, something happened this week uh, to me that, that I think our listeners will be excited to hear about, which was, I mean, I don't want to say I went viral on LinkedIn because I certainly didn't. I certainly didn't go viral, but I went pretty big. Like, I feel like it was a pretty good post. And so we're on the road to having that viral post that we've been, we've been really uh, trying to get, but you know, uh, last episode or two episodes ago, um, we posted our Codesmith panel and we had our fun little troll interaction and, um, I, Marco, um, just, yeah, what a, what a guy. Um, and I posted our reaction to that trolley comment and wrote a, you know, little LinkedIn thing about it. And like 10,000 people now have viewed it. That's like a lot of peeps. That is a lot of, I didn't even know that that many people had viewed it. <laughs> yeah. 10,000 peeps have viewed it. Uh, there's some like 250 reactions, maybe like 30 comments. Like it got some action for sure. People I haven't heard from in a long time. People just responding in the comments, like giving us so much encouragement. I wanted, I wanted it to go more viral because I want to see the negative. Like I want to, I feel like we keep getting, we're like in an echo chamber of people saying we're doing well, but I kind of want, yeah, we want more trolls. We want to bring up, we want to bring up the trolls. Yeah. And like, maybe, not trolls, maybe not exactly trolls, but like just different points of view, like people mm-hmm. that disagree with us. You can disagree. And yeah. not be a, troll. Uh, a yeah. lot of people don't know how to do that. Don't know how to walk that fine line. <laughs> but, but yeah, so they're all, I mean, they're all positive comments and it was just like, so nice. So go check out my, my LinkedIn, Taylor Doherty on LinkedIn and, uh, check out that post, maybe view it a couple of times, share it. But, um, but yeah, that was definitely a highlight. View it a couple times, <laughs> maybe, maybe view it a couple thousand times, share it. <laughs> yeah, no, like just leave it up on your computer and like walk away and make dinner and just keep it rolling, keep it rolling, yeah. keep it moving. Um, and add to my view count. But yeah, no, I think now that post put, put me on the map on LinkedIn. So like the next post is going to be a a, a viral one. And I'm going to post one of you, Monica, from that session. We have so many good gems from that Codesmith session panel. We were just like really on fire. Um, so stay tuned for our next viral post and um, my, it could be my face, my face on the viral post. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm ready. I think you're right. And also just like so many people that I don't know literally at all, no connections to just were messaging me. Like, thanks so much for doing what you're doing. Like, heck yes. yes. Like you guys are an inspiration. I'm like, yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. You are are correct. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, I accept. I am an inspiration and I will continue (laughs) to inspire you all. Okay. Uh, no, but in all honesty, we really, really love the positive feedback. It it makes such a such a difference, I think, in both of our lives to feel like 
we are having an impact on people and making a difference in people's lives and helping them feel less alone in these sorts of struggles. Speaking of making an impact on people's lives, Monica, we haven't said that we actually influence somebody to do a coding bootcamp and that she's is so true. That is so path. true. And she's a woman and I'm just so excited for her. And she's been following us from the beginning and like literally told us that we were a lot of the reason she's doing it. I can't believe it. And that's just one person who told us there could be people who have listened or are listening to this podcast now and are thinking about that or it got the, um, those wheels turning in their heads. So also if you are one of those people who have listened and are now curious about making a career transition, getting into tech, going for that promotion, whatever it is that excites you, but also scares you, feel free to DM us on Instagram or reach out to us on LinkedIn. I'm probably a lot better about checking Instagram than LinkedIn, to be honest. Um, But I will check both eventually. And yeah, we'd love to hear your story and you know, answer any questions and and kind of be of service in any way that we can. Impost her pod. Um, We're going to get those numbers up. We're going to get, you know, big following on there too. Um, Another story. And, and don't just tell us if you're changing into tech, because that's tech is great too, but just any story that relates to any of the topics we've covered about imposter syndrome. Um, One of my friends just said today, she went into a negotiation with her, um, with her boss to negotiate, renegotiate her contract and salary and said she was inspired by us. So it's just like the gifts keep on giving, man. You know, (laughs) it just makes me feel so good helping people really. And we dive into this in this episode, helping Mm -hmm. others really lifts you up. It really just key. I don't know. Gets you like vibrating on a higher level or whatever Mm -hmm. that, you know, the, the Reiki term is, um, that sounds right. That sounds, that sounds like that's what it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're changing lives over here. We're killing it. Um, as per usual. Uh, so stay tuned and, uh, hear from Sabrina because she is dropping wisdom. You're not going to want to miss. All right. So today we have Sabrina Wong, um, one of our Headspace colleagues that I actually just met two days ago, even though she's been at Headspace for a full year. And, um, she reached out because she's a fan of the pod and, you know, we gotta, we gotta always, you know, talk to our fans. You gotta interact with the fans. And I just had such an amazing conversation, just meeting her like, you know, on a zoom randomly in the middle of the day. Um, and she was talking about such interesting topics. I kind of wished I had been recording that conversation. I was like, hold on. Like, I know this is weird. We just met, but you want to be on the podcast? And she so uh, graciously agreed to be on it. So uh, let me give her a real introduction. Sabrina is a life coach who incorporates mindfulness, meditation, and Reiki practices into her coaching. It's like so cool. I've never heard of uh, like a life coach doing this. Um, And she helps people who feel anxious or uncertain achieve their goals with confidence. She's also a product manager at Headspace with us. So welcome, Sabrina. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I'm just like a little starstruck because hearing your guys' voices and now I'm here. Um, So thank you so much for having me. 
you're on the inner circle now. You're, you're, <laughs> in you're in it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's start with, um, it's so funny. I want to like recreate our conversation that we had for our <laughs> listeners, but, um, let's just first start by talking about your career tra- tra- trajectory. I cannot say that word today and how you got into product. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I actually majored in accounting in college, so completely different thought that I was going to be a CPA. So I, after I graduated college, I worked for Ernst & Young, which is a big four accounting firm in LA, did that. And I was like, mm, I don't think this is me. And um, coincidentally, we were moving to the Bay Area from LA. And I've always known, you know, heard a lot about the Silicon Valley, love tech, love watching Silicon Valley. So I just felt like I really, because I'm there now, I really wanted to be a part of it. Um, So that was my thinking. And I was really thinking about how can I position my soft skills as an accountant and how can I get into tech? And really the, the answer that came up to me was I should get into sales because I think in sales, you, you get to work with a lot of different teams and you get to learn the product well. And I really had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so I uh, got a job at a really small startup. Um, I wasn't doing like real sales, but I was doing sales operations. So a lot of the same stuff that I was really comfortable with working on a spreadsheet and doing some analytics. And from there, um, I learned a lot about tech. And um, it was super fun. I really loved the environment. And then uh, an opening on a product team opened up. And the head of product um, at the time asked me if I wanted to join her team. I was like, hell yeah, like product manager, I'm so down. So that's how I got into product. And then from there, um, I found myself at Headspace. It's so funny that all three of us are uh, reformed sales ladies. I know. Hey, I mean, clearly it's a great skill to have. I mean, we're all very successful ladies now. So clearly some of those skills uh, paid off, I think. Yeah, like the communication, right? And like really, really learning the product. And um, yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for salespeople. It's it's a really great job. Yeah, it's such a hustle too. And like yeah. being, needing to talk to people all day. I guess Serena, as a PM, you probably also have to talk yeah. to people all day, but it's, um, it's different when it's not, I guess your direct customers or clients going to people. Yeah. The thing that I always had a hard time wrapping my head around and get, and causing me anxiety was going to people with an ask for something mm-hmm. and trying to work it into a natural yeah. conversation just kind of made me feel icky inside. And I almost had to sort of like, um, like take, like take myself out of it and just kind of muscle through, but whew, yeah, it was rough. And, and that's why I think like the best salespeople they they do it so well. They're so personal. They're really like focused on the human connection. And when I think about like selling at Headspace, it's so much easier to sell when you actually believe that it's going to be like a life-changing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love my experience there. I think that it helps me kind of know how to talk to customers and a lot of those skills that I learned there is translates really well to product management. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to spend a lot of time diving more into your coaching practice and how you got into that. Can you talk to us about what drew you to even become a coach in the first place? Yeah. 
So I have been thinking about it for two, three years now, and I don't even remember why uh, I first started thinking about it, but all my life I've wanted to help people. I've considered um, a lot of different alternatives. I've thought about occupational therapists. I've thought about therapists. Um, and when it comes to coaching, I've started a doc like maybe two years ago, writing down what I can help people with and why and all that. So it's always been an interest of mine. And I always knew that there's something so special when you talk to someone like one-on-one and you establish that super trusting, intimate relationship. That's always been my thing. Um, so, and there's like a deeper like story to this too. Cause I, I feel like I've, I've grown up, struggled a lot with my mental health and my confidence and my imposter syndrome. Um, I think growing up in China, I was born and raised in China. I, I felt like silenced and I, I felt like ignored and I felt misunderstood. And I felt like in a way I really, I was really lost. Like it did, when I came to the US for college, I didn't know who I was. If you had asked me at the time, like, what is your favorite thing to do? It would be really, really hard for me to come up with that answer. So I lived lost for a while, like not knowing what my strengths are, what I like to do in the world, who should I surround myself with? And I have been so interested too, because I knew how it felt to be like that. And I really wanted to not feel like that. So I you know, started meditating in, uh, in college. And my first experience with meditation is Headspace when I was a sophomore year, uh, in sophomore year of college. And I started reading and went, started going to therapy. Um, and recently I, I've also gotten into coaching. So I've always been on this path of self-discovery and like long story short, short, I really earned my self-esteem today. I really didn't have it. And I worked all the way up to it into believing in myself. And I, I just want more people to know that it's possible. I just want more people to see how amazing they are. And they can really make an impact on this world, even if they're feeling bad or sometimes they don't trust themselves. And I, and I think if we all can see how amazing we are, the world would be a better place. I love that. And I love especially how you talk about, you know, you earned your self-esteem, but that, you know, like that's, that's great, but you still feel like that's not enough for me. I know how hard this struggle is and I want to help other people overcome it because so many people struggle with this and, and also don't talk about it. I mean, that's what our whole, what our whole podcast is about. So that's awesome. And also at such a young age to also have that self-awareness and, and start on that path to healing and, and also self-discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. And like, it's, it's definitely hard, but I, I now, now that I'm coaching, it makes sense because this was my soul's mission. That's what, this is what I, like, I was born here to do the best, like the best quality of me has always been figuring it out myself and sharing that with others. How did you, um, so, yeah, I mean, when I was 16, I think I was, I, I, I probably had it at a, at a smaller scale, um, you know, not being an immigrant. Um, I probably may have felt that I fit in a little bit more, but still I was like so unsure of myself. And even you saying like, you couldn't even tell, you know, what you wanted to do for fun. I feel like you were always just trying to like fit in. It's like, oh, what, what do they want me to say? Or like, you know, what we were talking about introducing ourselves last week. And it's like, <laughs> it's like such a loaded question. It's like, Ooh, what's going to make me sound cool. Like as my favorite animal or my favorite food. Um, but how did you kind of 
like overcome that? Were, were there other people mm-hmm. along the way helping you or like how you said you put in a lot of work to, um, kind of regain that self-esteem. And it sounded like a lot mm-hmm. of it was meditation and therapy, like any other, um, any other things that you were able to do to kind of get to this place? Yeah, I think there, there's so many things, so many steps that led to where I am today. And of course it's still a work in product. I, I, I'm by no means like done with this. Um, but I think what, so a lot of self-work for sure, a lot of like that, the professional work, the books, like that aside, um, something really different that I realized struck me was this concept that I actually teach in coaching called borrowed love. So in the beginning, when I went to college, um, I actually like didn't believe in myself at all. I feel like I couldn't get into any of the social clubs. Like I just had no like self-concept. I'm, I'm just like, I'm going to do my thing and like, you know, and not venture out, but I had amazing friends and they reflect back to me and they're saying, oh, like you're a great friend. Like you're amazing. Like they tell me all these things. And at first I didn't believe it. But then at some point I started saying like, I respect these people so much. Um, And who who the hell am I to not believe them? Right. And I see that um, really shift with finding like my partner right now. He's like, the love of my life. And he's, he thought he, he's always thought so highly of me and I respect him too. So, so, so much. And I'm like, I have to believe you to some extent, right? If you think I'm amazing, there's probably some truth to it. So, um, that's something that helped a lot. And then, um, now I actually, I'm really, uh, I have a really consistent journaling practice. And whenever I feel kind of low in that, in that valley, I kind of create a list of achievements and values. I know that's a really super common practice, but the way I think about it is we have like 80%, 80% of our thoughts are negative thoughts, and we have to get into the practice of forming these positive thoughts. So we stand a chance and to do something wonderful. So I'm really, really aware of what's going on in my mind when I, and I'm always thinking about how can I get back? How can I get back to my power? That is so scary that 80% of our thoughts are negative thoughts. I I mean, I I knew it was a lot, but 80% is absolutely insane. Like, and and you're right. Like the only way to sort of counteract that is you have to be so proactive with positive thinking. It's not at all a passive activity. Um, And you just have to build that that habit, even though it can be, it's work, you know, it's, there should be no, um, and I think Taylor, we've talked about that idea of, of toxic positivity before where, which to me makes, when I feel like, feel toxic positivity, it's usually when someone I think is coming at me and trying to like oversimplify a situation or, or make it sound, you know, like it's, overly um easy like oh or or just kind of dismissive oh you know just be happy just you know think think good thoughts be grateful and it's yes to all those things but also like let's acknowledge that like that's fucking work you know like you you don't go from zero to acceptance and appreciation just by you know, thinking one positive thought after 79 negative ones. 
Yeah, I, I want to talk more about your specific coaching practice and what you bring into this coaching practice, what you focus on with your clients based on the tools that you've developed yourself from your own experiences. Yeah, I, I would love to. And I actually, what you said about the, the toxic uh, positivity, Monica, is something that I'm like super aware of in my coaching practice. Cause I think a lot of, there's a lot of teaching, not just coaches, right? There's, it's like, oh, just, just tell yourself I'm awesome. But sometimes that doesn't work. Um, so that, that's why I think like, I, we do a lot of awareness work in, in my coaching. So we, I'm super interested into understanding why we're feeling bad. And that's the path I took too. So for example, I looked back in my childhood and we have imposter syndrome because our parents, our society, our friends, someone told us we're not good enough. Someone made us feel that way. So at least for me, I was interested to understand who that voice is from. And it's kind of, and I call this like naming the monster sometimes when working with a client, because when we're scared of something um, general, we might freak out, but when you give it a name, give it a picture, give it like a story, you're kind of um, able to work with it a little bit better. So awareness is a big part because uh, in my coaching, because we operate all unconsciously all the time. We, a lot of times we operate on these imposter ideas um, on, on these lesser beliefs. So let's actually look at them and like, just acknowledge them. And that's part of the mindfulness as well. Let's just add, the first step is not to change anything. It's just to lay everything out on the table and be like, okay, this is what we've got. And it is totally okay. Um, but aside from that, I, I often work with a lot of clients on like emotional management, emotional management. What that means is um, I'm super big on em embracing discomfort. Um, the feelings of inferiority, the feelings of imposter syndrome, that's very uncomfortable, right? But how can we work with that? How can we be okay with that? So think about it like, how can we fall asleep on the airplane when it's like so loud? In time, we want to make that the relationship with our thoughts like, oh, it's coming by, it's kind of annoying, but I'm going to do whatever the fuck that I plan to do. Like, I'm going to do amazing shit and I can still have these thoughts. So we come up with like plans around them and just like reframe how emotion relates to us. And then um, I work with a lot of clients on just being really clear on who they are, what they want in their lives, because our, our mind can get really messy and it can get really confusing. So we want to make sure that the decisions that we make and the things that we go after are truly from our heart and want and are, and are things that make us happy. And from there, we come up with realistic baby steps and I keep them accountable and keep them getting there. So it's really making things simple and making the thought process simple and making achieving the goals a lot simpler and faster. Yeah. And I, I love what you're saying about, um, you know, just acknowledging where you are and like the goal in any kind of self love journey is not to eradicate bad thoughts. Like it's the acceptance that those thoughts will come and go. And so it's like, it's your relationship to the thoughts and how, and how, you know, you let them either derail, you know, your, your state of being, or you say, Oh, that's interesting. Like, why am I feeling that way today? Um, and I think we grew up, I mean, at least my therapist has told me we grew up at a time where like, it was kind of like the, 
it was kind of popular to just be like, okay, I just want my kids to be happy. I just want them to be happy, 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 happy. And it's like happiness was like the goal. And so a lot of our parents, I think were like, so concerned with just like, are you happy? Oh, okay. No bad feeling is bad. We don't want bad feelings. We just want happy. And so a lot of us, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, have trouble with those. That's why those feelings are so uncomfortable. We don't have the practice to say like, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling like a little bit inadequate and, you know, and so this is not something I should be feeling. Let's get rid of it. And that's where you just get in that, just a bad cycle. Um, so I love just like acknowledging where you are and, um, and just, and just kind of repairing that relationship and naming the monster, exactly what you said, like, okay, that's what that is. And, you know, like, I can see where that comes from. Okay. Like let's move on. (laughs) We don't need to dwell on it. Yeah. And I love your like perspective too, of what you said about the happiness. That's so true. And it's so interesting because I grew up in China and that's the same. Like, I think as uh, humans, we, we, we don't know how to deal with negative emotions just yet. And um, I'm happy to hear that there's more, right? Like podcasts like this one exist so that we we talk about this more as women and there are lots of like mental health like our company right so there's a lot more opportunities but that's so interesting that we share this experience from different countries yeah and, and like the goal of this podcast is is not to like make sure no one ever has imposter syndrome the point is that everyone has it like probably once a day you know or like once a week um And just being comfortable with talking about those feelings and also like letting your coworkers know, or just like, it kind of is a, is a helpful when you're vulnerable with people and just like actually just share where you're at. It it shouldn't be this scary, but we just don't have the practice. It shouldn't be like a, a brave thing that I'm saying, like, you know, I go to a therapist and, you know, I sometimes am sad, like that's okay. (laughs) There are a lot of different emotions for a reason. Sabrina, how do you work with clients who are stuck in sort of a compare and despair cycle, Mm. because I think that's also super, 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 super common, especially in, in our industry, especially as women, especially with unlimited access to media and specifically social media, which you get, you know, pretty pictures, but not a lot of context. How do you help people break out of that loop? Mm, That's such a great question. And I think it's like the ground rule is it's so personalized. It depends on why this person is comparing. What are they comparing themselves with? So like, I guess the first step I would do is get really, really deep with this client about like, what is triggering you? What aspect of a picture or video is a tri- is triggering you? Because what I'm hearing is it, it could be like a body image situation. It could be how one looks. It could be achievements in life. And then again, like it's a bringing awareness. Like why does this matter to you so much? Because when you're comparing, actually you're thinking, I don't have that. Why, why is it having that is so important to you? So we kind of like get, get to the bottom of it a little bit, like investigate a bit. And then I'm also interested in understanding the intensity of how this is affecting the client. So if it's like really triggering someone, then the first thing I want to say is, hey, like maybe we don't check Instagram. Like let's like, let's, 
let's not check Instagram. Let's reduce the amount. I actually like talk about this with my mom and she gets like triggered from going on her phone. Just like, don't, don't do that. Like if something is not making you feel good, stop. Right. So I would, I mean, I would work with the client in more detail to like figure out what the plan is. And um, if it's like on a lesser level, then we might do some work around, Hey, what are some ways that you actually, you're already um, have a lot of achievements. Um, are you comparing your first chapter to someone's 12th chapter? And then the, the other part of it, which is what I love to do is when some of this mindfulness Reiki comes in. And I, and I, I know Taylor, we talked about a little bit about that because sometimes just treating the mind isn't good enough. Sometimes we need to feel that we're complete and whole because when you ultimately, when you feel like you're so good with yourself, there's no need to compare. Like some now, like, for example, I know that I'm weird sometimes when I say something with my friends, but I no longer care because I own up to it. So um, we might do a quick meditation that I lead my client with to find that really whole and wonderful and full place. And I all um, give them some Reiki through it and just give them kind of a mental image of what that feels like. So when, and when you have that benchmark of what feels good and what, how you feel when you're comparing, it's easier for us to work with and just be aware of, hey, can you shift back to that place? Then when you look at this picture on social media, how would you feel? And you're probably going to like that picture and comment and be like, great job for you, like good for you and lifting each other up instead of feeling despair. What I love about that is it's um, like sometimes meditation for me can feel just too abstract. Like Mm. I don't see, (laughs) it's like so bad for me to be saying, but I just like don't see for me, I'm not like, okay, when I meditate, I'm going to feel better. Like, I just still don't see those. And it's definitely cause I don't do it enough. I know that, but it's because I don't, what you're describing right now of like getting in that mindset and a certain feeling, like some, some meditations aren't as specific. I think that's, I probably need like more specific meditations and visualizations, but yeah, that, that, that kind of that kind of outlook just seems so much more targeted kind of at the problem than rather than sometimes meditation can just be like this more generic, just like, like not, not as guided, um, experience. And, you know, if you're actually targeting something through meditation, it makes sense to have, um, you know, that, that more targeted. Can you talk a little bit about more about Reiki and like what the heck it is? Cause like, I yeah, feel like yeah. obviously we live in LA. So like, <laughs> I know I've heard this term and I just think it's like where you lay down and like people put their hands over you and like, I don't know, exercise your demons. So can you tell us what it is and how you do it over zoom too? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to, I'll try my best to explain all of that. So Reiki is a form of energy healing and, um, it originated from Japan and it's basically the idea of it is that the practitioner are like this channel and I'm getting really into the stuff, a channel of this infinite universe, universal energy. But, you know, those are big words. And then when I first learned it, I was like, what the fuck I get? Like I read so many web pages. I'm like, I don't get it. But really, after I experienced it, I was like, this is love. So it's like really an exper- experiential thing. And it's hard for words to describe. Um, and the best way to maybe is to share a story. So I got interested. I got a Reiki treatment. I went in there. The lady had her hands on me after an hour. 
I just left feeling mind blown. Like this is the one of the first times that I felt like free of my cons, like anxiety, my mind chatter. I just felt like completely loving towards myself. I showed up to work and I was like, that's fine. Like you guys can do whatever you want. I'm like, I don't care because I was so like, I don't know, like good. I was just good. So that got me hooked. And I totally recognize that Reiki has different effects on different people, just like massage has different effects on different people. But um, it really helps you calm your like system down and just there's like mental, physical, energetic healing benefits. So I think it's great. And um, how it's done through through Zoom and remote, actually it doesn't have to do, be done through Zoom. It can be done over the phone as well. So how that's done, if you think about like how we're talking right now, right? We're, we're vibing off, off of each other or you might enter a Zoom room and you're like, oh, this person's pissed without them saying a word. Like that's energy exchange. So this is just using the same like pathways um, and the Wu way of saying this, I'm using my intention to really like give the Reiki to the person. I've had a lot, a lot of remote Reiki sessions and every single time I'm mind blown by how connected we are. There's like things that I cannot explain how this person felt. We felt the same thing. So it's, it's all just like wonderful. It's like magic. It's Harry Potter for the real world. Oh, I mean, Harry Potter. Look, I read all, reread all the Harry Potter books, watched all the movies during quarantine. So um, yeah, you're Love speaking it. my language. But I mean, this kind of happened to us when we were talking. I came into our meeting, like I obviously was excited to meet you, but I had right before our meeting, I had like kind of an annoying meeting where everything was going wrong. And I like, logged on and I was just like, oh God, I'm like not in like the headspace to meet a new person and be like friendly and, <laughs> and like charismatic. And then we were just like, totally like, like uh, a light switch change. And I, and I was like, Ooh, what's, what's going on. And it wasn't an intentional Reiki, uh, unless you were secretly doing it to me, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we, um, I, we definitely had that, that exchange of energy for sure. For sure. Yeah. I totally believe it. And even now too, like, I feel like we're, I don't know when you create a space for something, right? Like even when, when we intend to be here together recording a podcast, like then that whole energy of our us being together, us three being together, that changes. So I just think that there's so much that we don't know, but you know, it's that's fun. Yeah. And every time we record Monica, we're like, wow, that was so great. Like, I feel like it's so energizing, you know, like every time we're like, I was tired or whatever, like, but I always feel so great after doing it. Um, so yeah, a lot of things at play. Yeah. We're literally always tired. <laughs> we're literally always tired. How many times have I said I'm tired in this zoom? Like, oh my gosh, I'm such a, just like, ugh. Well, it's, Thursday. it's like the end of the week, you know, also you tired now. Um, no, like I feel my body is tired, but no, my mind is alive <laughs> with the sound of music. Um, anyway, so I have a really really traumatic crackpot empath story, which I cannot tell on the podcast. Monica, you remember this was like two or three years. This was like two years ago. I just joined Headspace. Maybe I haven't, whatever. We'll take this offline. But I, I tried to go to an empath, which is like an energy channel too. Oh and my God. Really creepy. I remember this. This was creepy, so traumatic. Creepy 
<laughs> creepy, creepy yeah. guy in Hollywood. Not when oh you my hear God. it. I will tell you for sure offline and listeners, okay, okay. <laughs> listeners, if you want to hear, you can DM, you can DM our Instagram account, uh, Pod. but it was, I mean, so I'm like a little wary of, I'm so open to these things, but that experience made me be like, okay. Like I was totally just taken advantage of. And this guy is like a scary lunatic. Uh, I, I mean, I was fine. It was more mental, mental <laughs> scariness than, than anything else, but yeah, woof. Um, but I, I have all the confidence in the world. You are not making your, your uh, clients feel this way. So. <laughs> well, I hope so. Well, I mean, just like any profession, right. Especially in, I think, uh, like Reiki work, energy work that you can't even measure that scientifically. How can you regulate people? Right. So okay. you have to be so careful when you vet people out. I, I, I know that there are a lot of really talented healers and like people out there, but there's so like a lot more people who are not doing this ethically, who are not really like getting permission from clients where it's just, you know, pretty messy out there for sure. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate for the people that are actually doing some good because it just kind of, it kind of puts a a stain on the, on the profession or the practice in general. So that sucks. This is sort of like a bone I have to pick with the entire billion trillion dollar wellness sphere right now (laughs) is that some it's sometimes I feel like it's really like finding a needle in a haystack to find something that sticks and works for you and isn't just snake oil and it makes me so sad because it's preying on people who feel as though this is my personal opinion but preying on people who feel as though they're not getting all of their needs necessarily met by western medicine um and it's just, you know, a ripe field for exploiting people, fear mongering, and then ultimately like taking advantage of them. So yeah. I feel like now we're going down like a dark path. Yeah, but that's true. That's important to talk about. Like, I think once I was in a really dark place and looking for like therapy and I would had a really bad experience with what I found and it just, and I think that's like a huge barrier, right? People want to people want help, but it's like, how do you find that right person? Um, and I almost feel like that's partially why, like I, I asked for myself to work so hard to be so clear. And I like take the same type of rigor that from product management to my work, cause I just know how personal these decisions are and how, how hard is it to find someone? Like, I love the, the therapy that therapist that I have right now, the coach that I have, I just like can't imagine what it was like before them. So it's crazy. So amazing. I, I want to, um, I want to kind of bring it back to like the professional side of things. And, um, and so like you, you're running your own business basically now with the coaching and you have a full-time job at Headspace, like you must be working a lot. Like how, how has that balance been and how has it felt? Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, I never intended to be working this much. I just kind of went for it to like, cause it makes me, coaching makes me so happy. Um, it's still a balance that I'm trying to find right now, but I'm willing to work a little bit harder to do both. So like tactically I wake up at like six and I'll like do some stuff Ooh. before work and I'll do some stuff after work. I've been doing some stuff. Like we have every other Friday off. So we have tomorrow off, but then I have like a full day of meetings, like taking advantage of that. So um, it is hard, 
But when you're doing something that really you feel like makes a big impact to the world, it doesn't it doesn't feel tiring in the same way as like a burnout. It just feels like, oh, like I need to, I need to get a hike in. So it's, it's about coaching myself to look at my schedule and be like, where can I fill myself up and do my best job at doing that? And also knowing how to like deprioritize. So <laughs> I just went through my list of to-do things and I deprioritized a bunch of things that I really, really wanted to do. Um, and it's funny because that's my job as a PM, like always deprioritizing. <laughs> so I sometimes forget to do that for myself for sure. Yeah. I love that. Just like, what are the things that are going to fill me up and actually give me more energy, even if it's more time, like they actually give me more energy to do other things, um, rather than those things that kind of like our energy sucks. Yeah, (laughs) Do you feel imposter syndrome ever in this, in in your coaching profession? It kind of sounds like, no, because you kind of just seem like you're just going with the flow of energy of the world. (laughs) I had, I had, I still have a lot of imposter syndrome, but it was way worse when I started because I was feeling like, who am I to like coach people? Like, what the hell do I know? Like, why? (laughs) Why can I, what can I even do for people? Right. Um, that's us with this podcast. (laughs) Not anymore. Not anymore. But like it helps, right. It helps by doing it more. So like, that's one thing just with time. And then, in coaching specifically, I actually realized the thing is I focus on the client and I'm focused like laser focus. I'm not kidding. I literally feel like when I'm in a session, I'm in a tunnel and I try to make my thing go away. So then it becomes less about, am I capable? It's about what are your problems? How can I best serve you? And uh, being really fascinated by their brain and how to help them. So I don't literally do not have the mental capacity to think about if I'm asking the right question or how I'm coming off, coming off. So that helped a lot. And just like really uh, pushing myself to learn, pushing myself to be the best coach possible, then all of this imposter stuff can just like go away and I can drown it out. Yeah. Focusing on others is such a good way to just get yourself out of your own head and just, yeah not, you know, like there's a saying and it's not coming to me right now. Something about something about, I don't know what it is, whatever. It's only about helping others is the best way to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. There's something. So. Yeah. I there's can't... something I've heard it. it, especially during COVID it was like being sent around, like just like help other people and make you feel. Yeah. Like that. And it, it, yeah. It kind of reminds me of like charity work or anything, you know, whenever you do things like that, you're it makes you feel like the good acts make you feel good. And also just make you like, you're, it's kind of like mine. Honestly, it's a little bit like mindfulness. Like you are so focused. It's easier to focus on other people. Actually, it that's, uh, this is wrong. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm trying to say like, I'm trying to say whatever it takes your mind off of your, just, you know, your constant yeah. internal channel when you chat, ch- chatter, when you have to focus on um, other people and helping other people. Yeah, for sure. I think about that all the time about how, you know, because we've all gone down those rabbit holes of despair and they're very usually, I think, focused on us and very ego driven. And I don't mean that in, you know, like a super, like, I'm not criticizing everyone of being an uber narcissist. I mean, we all are to some degree because we all have egos that need to be kept in check, but 
just being able to, and it's interesting because I feel like with mindfulness practice, we talk so much about like going inward and exploring and being aware, but I think you also have to go take that energy outwards Mm -hmm. as well and take the focus off of yourself and on to, you know, like your pet or your friend or your partner, uh, or just, just something, something else, some kind of distraction to like, get you out of your own head. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's such well, so well put. It's like the balance of internal and external awareness and just like taking it all in because we can't all be in our heads. That'd be crazy. Thank you. I, I went to therapy today, so I feel like I'm I'm very ripe and full Love of it. <laughs> mindful, uh, like CBT <laughs> techniques. That's great. Share them with us, please. <laughs> that that was um, <laughs> great. Great. I, I love that. Um, do you think there's any? I guess we kind of talked about this, but do you think like what other kind of crossover is there between your work as a product manager and your, and your coaching work. Like I can imagine you in in meetings with your, with your team, like employing some of these employing, Mm -hmm. is that the right word? Employing some of these techniques, um, to, I don't know, to influence people or not, not in like a, a, a weird bad way, but like to, I don't know, help, help others on your team. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think there are, there's some, I'll start with this area first, like thing, the skills that I use in both. Um, so the power of listening and, uh, I use that in both coaching and in meetings with the team. I'm always trying to make sure that I'm fully present. Like sometimes I still look at a, a few Slack message or, or some, but I try my best to not respond to Slack when I'm fully with someone and just listening. And that helps so much, you know, and at work, I'm often able to figure out what are the misunderstandings between like engineering and maybe another team. And I, and I say that out and in coaching, you know, that's also, I, I listen to what's the underlying thing that's unsaid. Um, I think the other thing that, that is really common for, for both uh, practices is um, the, 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 the status of the ego. So in product management, I can't care about my ideas. Like I can't think that my ideas are the best because it's always about finding the best ideas for the team. And when, you know, a feature gets shipped, it's, you know, I always put the glory on the team and make sure the engineer gets recognition, recognition, (laughs) the designer gets recognition and same with coaching. I can't go to a client and be like this. I think this is your problem. I have to like solicit uh, their opinion and, you know, really not care about being wrong. It's, it's that way to f- facilitate an open conversation. And I think um, there are a lot of, a lot of tools that I've brought from product management to coaching that I've found to be really um, helpful. So one is like the, the kind of the organization aspect and the structure of a PM. I bring that into my communication style and the the way that we're tracking through coaching sessions is very, very structured. The clients are going to be able to go back and look at their take takeaways and their notes. Um, so that way I'm like keeping everything super organized. People know are super clear on the process. And then I love this concept of MVP, minimal, minimal, <laughs> minimal viable products in products. Um, and I bring that into coaching because 
um, some of the clients come to me and they have like this idea of a side hustle or they want to try out this creative project and people tend to be really fearful. And I take them through this process into thinking about how about we don't aim for perfection? How about we don't aim for people to love it? And we just aim for what is the bare bones of something that you want to put out there. Um, and I always like to say done is so much better than perfect. Like, let's just get it out there and learn and learn and learn, right? Because success, it's not about doing something perfect the first time. It's about just putting it out there, listening to the audience and putting it out there again and again. So um, I find that when we, I introduce this concept, it removes the, the idea of self a little bit. And you're thinking, oh, I'm actually putting out a product. I'm not putting out myself out there. So it, it's a little bit easier to work with. Sounds familiar with our podcast. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, that was kind yeah. of our whole, yeah, that was kind of just yeah. our whole, yeah. our whole deal. We were like, we're never going to put this out there if we wait until it's like perfect or right. you're just like, let's just set a date for ourselves to get something out there. And then exactly what you said, like, you know, keep iterating. Let's such a product yeah. mind, but like, keep listening to the feedback and, um, God, I'm, I'm doing such a bad job today of like remembering sayings. They're like coming to me and they're not the words are not coming to my brain, but it's something that I fail fast and I can never, I think I bring this up every time and every time I don't know what it is, but so I need to look that up, but, um, but yeah, just like getting something out there, getting it done, like, and just not ruminating on how to be perfect. It's so much pressure. Yeah. And you know what? The the listeners don't care. Like, like I listen to your guys' podcast, like I'm not caring about what words you use and how the, like the, you know, where, what the sequence of things are. I just get your guys' energy and the guests' energy and your message out there and people get that right away. And it's like, we think about all these small details and the, the outsiders are never, never thinking about it the way we are. <laughs> and I think we also like, we want to get feedback. How can you grow if you don't get, yeah. feedback it's imagine how devastating it would be to put so much effort into something so that it becomes you know your definition of perfect but if it doesn't make sense to the people who you expect to use it then what was the point of all that effort like why not start with the smallest prototype that you can and then yeah let the feedback shape what the final product becomes. And it's, it's never going to be a final product though, because you should always be learning and you should always be iterating on it as well. Yeah. Just like life, always growing. (laughs) I loved what you said about comparing your chapter one self or your chapter one to someone else's chapter 12. I feel like that's where I get into, into trouble a lot. You always, you always look, you look to the person that's best in the industry and you're like, well, I can never be that. It's like, well, that's totally not true. Like who knows where you'll be in that, you know, if you have that many years of experience in that amount of time. Yeah. Uh, But that, that's like a really good, um, kind of just thought to keep, keep in the back of your mind. Yeah. And with that thought, I, uh, I heard some other coach talk about this and I don't remember who it is and I'm probably going to quote it kind of uh, badly, but there's no like free success. If you see someone being super successful, there's a reason there's like, there's a story behind it. They might've put in time. They might've put in money. There's all these things that we don't see underneath the glory. And think about if you had had the same like 
tools and stuff that they've had, you're probably going to be close to there. So there's like, these things don't like just land on people. And like, we often forget and just, you know, screenshot that one image of someone's life. And we're like, well, so shit, we're not that, but we just don't know. They might've been hustling at it for like 10 years. Or they might be really unhappy. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's you true know? Too. Yeah. So true. And there's also the notion we've talked to, I think we've mentioned confirmation bias, at least mm-hmm. in a couple episodes. And going back to the beginning, if you have, it's really sad, but if 80% of your thoughts every day are negative, then you're probably, your antenna is more attuned to pick up pick up on signals that reinforce those negative beliefs Mm. and chances are you could be taking them completely out of context to the point where you're just reading in something which isn't there and this another therapy pro tip um to not believe your thoughts as fact and you also sabrina Mm. mentioned this you know you you can acknowledge them and you can accept them, but you don't have to follow them and see where they'll yeah. take you. Yeah. Same with emotions too, because sometimes we feel like when we feel anxious, like right, the whole world is crashing down. Everybody hates me. And like, I'm just going to go into my little cave and, and cry, but we do have a choice. We, we, and sometimes it's going to be hard to step out of it, but we do have a choice of you know, taking a step back. And that's what mindfulness and all the spirituality thing helps me personally is to realize there is this whole me outside of my thoughts, outside of my emotions and get to know this person and make decision from this really like loving place. The more you come in contact with what this real you, this like, in other words, you can call that like the higher self, like, you know, from your heart, your soul, the more you come in contact with it, you know, you're going to compare and be like, it feels so much better here. Like, I don't want to be taken, driven, driving around by my thoughts and emotions anymore. So I, yeah, we do, we do have a choice. It's just hard. It's like a skill we have to learn. Well, with that, I think that's a great great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There's literally, there's no more. We're at our, we're at our like wisdom limit. We can't. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. We can't can't add anything else. There's nothing else to add. We're at our wisdom limit and also the limit of words that I say incorrectly today. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, but thank you, Sabrina. I mean, I I'm so happy. I'm so excited for people to be able to hear, um, hear from you and just hear this kind of different approach to, uh, life coaching and mindfulness and therapy and just all of these kind of self, uh, self, self-love, self-promotion, I, you know, whatever, whatever I'm self-esteem, um, <laughs> kind of practices and, um, where can people like find you or reach out to you if they're interested in, um, in getting in touch with you for a session? Oh yeah. So my website is called Maury light, M O R I L I G H T.com. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram light of Maury, uh, same spelling M O R I. And uh, you can get in, get in touch with me there. Awesome. Thank you so much. This, this, I feel like is such great energy that I'm looking forward to carrying into the weekend. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking me. This has been really cool. Of course. Keep, 
um, yeah, keep listening to us and keeping <laughs> us honest and helping us with our energy and, uh, just being awesome and helping other people. I mean, I just, I, I have so much, I'm in awe of, of people that make it their life's work to help others. Um, and I think that's really when you get in tune with that, like higher self that you're talking about, when you just mm-hmm. get away from, get away from yourself, literally, um, it's, yeah. it's like counterintuitive. Um, that's when you kind of, you know, reach that kind of higher state of being when it's not just all about you. Yeah, um, so, sure. so yeah, I, I really love everything we talked about today, Sabrina, you're so cool and maybe I'll get some Reiki from you someday. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.